Good morning, faithful listeners. You have tuned in to the P40 Ministries podcast, the one place where you can get a daily explanatory Bible reading to start your day strong. This is your host, Jen, bringing you a brand new episode out of Genesis. Hey there, faithful listeners. Thank you so much for tuning in to the P40 Ministries podcast. This is your host, Jen, and I hope you had a really fantastic Easter Sunday yesterday. It's just so crazy that it's already the month of April and that Easter is over with. Isn't that nuts? This year is already just flying by, it feels like, and so is the P40 Ministries podcast. We are already on Genesis chapter 43. Isn't that insane? So turn with me to Genesis chapter 43, and we will be reading verses 1 through 14. I will be reading at the W-E-B version of the Bible, as I usually do, but you, of course, can read out of whatever version you prefer. So grab that cup of coffee or that cup of tea, and let's go ahead and start reading. The famine was severe in the land. When they had eaten up the grain which they had brought out of Egypt, their father said to them, Go again, buy us a little more food. Judah spoke to him, saying, The man solemnly warned us, saying, You shall not see my face unless your brother is with you. If you'll send our brother with us, we'll go down and buy you food. But if you don't send him, we won't go down. For the man said to us, You shall not see my face unless your brother is with you. Israel said, Why did you treat me so badly, telling the man that you had another brother? They said, The man asked directly concerning ourselves and concerning our relatives, saying, Is your father still alive? Have you another brother? We just answered his questions. Is there any way we could have known that he would say, Bring your brother down? Judah said to Israel, his father, Send the boy with me, and we'll get up and go, so that we may live and not die, both we and you and also our little ones. I'll be collateral for him. From my hand will you require him. If I don't bring him to you and set him before you, then let me bear the blame forever. For if we hadn't delayed, surely we would have returned a second time by now. Their father Israel said to them, If it must be so, then do this. Take from the choice fruits of the land in your bags and carry down a present for the man, a little balm, a little honey, spices and myrrh, nuts and almonds, and take double money in your hand and take back the money that was returned in the mouth of your sacks. Perhaps it was an oversight. Take your brother also, get up and return to the man. May God Almighty give you mercy before the man, that he may release you, your other brother, and Benjamin. If I am bereaved of my children, I am bereaved. It just seems like every single time we talk about uh, Israel's family, it's just nothing but drama. (laughs) It's just, it's a very dramatic family. And uh, Israel here, or Jacob, is actually quite a fatalist and uh, is, is really not having a lot of faith, unfortunately, with what is happening here. In verse 1 of Genesis 43, what we just read, it says that the famine was still severe in the land. So likely the brothers had brought enough grain from Egypt to feed their family for quite a while, perhaps even a year. They probably had so much grain and were able to bake bread out of it and do whatever else, uh, feed their animals and all that stuff. They probably had tons of grain, honestly. They 
probably thought that that would be enough to tide them over until the, uh, the famine stopped. And likely they thought that this famine wasn't going to go on for seven years. I mean, who thinks that? Who thinks that something awful that's going to happen is going to happen for that long? Most people don't want that. Most people assume it's going to just be over quickly and it's just going to be done with, hopefully, and that their lives can get back to normal. But that's not what's happening here. What's happening here is that there is a severe famine in the land, in the land of Canaan, and Israel and his family are dying because they don't have enough food. They don't have any food for their animals. They don't have any food for themselves. They are starving, honestly, and they have children too. Judah is very clear here that they do have children among the brothers. So there's young children that are starving in Israel's family. Now, Israel would have been the head of that entire family, even though the 12 brothers lived with him or his 12 sons or I'm sorry, actually his 11 sons, because Joseph isn't there, but his 11 sons lived with him, and Israel would have had to take care of every single one of his sons and all of their kids and their wives and whatever else is around. And so this was a big burden placed on Israel. And so for the fact that he was so concerned about his one son, Benjamin, not going down, he put his entire family at risk. He even put the children of his family at risk. Judah says this. He says, you know, if you hadn't delayed us, we would be back again, is what he said. Now, this isn't actually the truth because Joseph is in Egypt. They don't know that it's Joseph. And eventually they're going to live in Egypt without giving too much away. But um, basically, I gave the entire thing away just there. But anyway, what happens here is Israel is honestly putting his entire family at risk trying to protect his one son. And he didn't need to do this. This was all God's plan for Israel's family to eventually go to Egypt, to be reunited with uh, Joseph, and to bring Simeon out of prison, and to um, bring Benjamin back to his father. And this was all God's plan. God was protecting this family. And he had been protecting this family all the way from the time of Abraham. Israel is forgetting this. He's forgetting God's love and mercy for his family time and time again. So Israel is still a stubborn man. He's still wrestling with God. After all these chapters later, he's still wrestling with God, unfortunately. So It says in verse two that the entire family ate up the grain and finally Israel says, okay, go again back to Egypt and buy us a little more food. So necessity had forced Israel to do something that Israel did not want to do, which was have his sons go back to Egypt and purchase more food. And likely he was trying to get them to go without Benjamin as well. So he's just leaving Simeon in that prison over there. He's just like, whatever, Simeon, see you later. Benjamin's my favorite. That just shows you right there how how stupid these brothers' plans were to get rid of Joseph in the first place because his father, their father, was not going to change. Now Joseph's gone and now Benjamin's the unequivocal favorite here. So it, it's kind of uh, so it's kind of absurd how much favoritism just happens in this family. And it, it really is very sad. So anyway, Judah ends up speaking up against his father. And he's like, look, dad, <laughs> this man warned us that if we go to Egypt without Benjamin, we will all die. 
there in Egypt. This man will kill us. He believes we're spies. We cannot go back down to Egypt without Benjamin. And he says, you will not see my face ever again unless Benjamin is with us. So we are not even going to see that man's face. We will not be able to buy grain. We will all be dead unless Benjamin comes with us is what Judah says. And Judah spoke up here. This is the first time we see Judah doing something great because Judah was the one who had suggested selling Joseph into slavery. And he was also the one that had sex with his daughter-in-law, Tamar. So he was not the most stand-up man, but clearly these 20 years have changed Judah. And we'll see that more as this story progresses, more about Judah and the change that Judah goes through. Judah speaks with his father and he's like, we need to bring Benjamin with us. There is no other way around this. We will die if we don't bring Benjamin. So in verse six, Israel does something kind of funny. He starts manipulating his sons. And he's like, why would you treat me so poorly that you told that man that you have another brother? Why would you do that to me? And the brothers are just like, look, like we didn't mean to do that. They were just like, the guy was asking about us and we were just telling him the facts. We didn't know that he would say, bring your brother with you next time. How could we possibly know he was going to say that? So Israel's crying. He's very upset. He's manipulating his sons. He's showing insane amounts of favoritism towards one son. And Judah steps up again in verse eight. And he says to Israel, he says, Look, just send Benjamin with me. And he says, and we will go and we will live and we will not die. Me and you and all the brothers and all of our children, all of our little ones, they are all starving. We need to go to Egypt. And he says, I'm going to actually be collateral for Benjamin. He says, my life for his. He says, if anything happens to Benjamin, you can take my life, is pretty much what he is saying to his father. He says, I will protect Benjamin with my life. I will make sure that Benjamin comes home to you. If you would have let us gone the last time, we would have been already back by now, is what he says to Israel. Now, what a change Judah had gone through. The first time Judah was experiencing favoritism in this way from his father, he sold his brother into slavery. And now he is saying to his father, I will take my own life if Benjamin does not come back with me. He says, you can take my life. What a sincere and crazy change Judah went through. And I believe that this is the reason, not to get too theological here, but I believe that this is the reason God chose the tribe of Judah, to bring about the Messiah. This insane amount of change Judah goes through. Reuben in the last chapter did something similar, except Reuben didn't offer his own life if Benjamin didn't come back. He offered the lives of his children, which was very just absurd. That was just absolutely bonkers. And that was something that he should never have done. And he was offering the lives of his own children if Benjamin didn't come back. But Judah is offering his life if Benjamin doesn't come back. Just, just think about that for a second. Benjamin is this spoiled child that actually spoiled probably 20-something-year-old man 
who is so insanely favored by your father that your father doesn't even recognize practically that you're one of his sons is how insane Jacob or Israel was being with Benjamin. And yet, imagine putting yourself in that position with that crazy amount of favoritism in your household and saying to your father, you can kill me if I don't return your favorite child to you. So this is a monumental change that Judah went through because this was not his initial response when this happened with Joseph. So Judah says to his father, I will take my own life if Benjamin does not come back with me. He says, I will be collateral. He says, let me bear the blame forever, is what he says to Israel. So finally, Israel gives in. And it might have been out of necessity. It might have been that he trusted Judah more than Reuben in the past uh, chapter that we talked about. It might have been for a varying amount of reasons, but he ends up allowing Benjamin to go. You have to think that Israel did not know that this famine was going to last for this long. Perhaps he thought and was even praying and hoping, God, let this famine pass quickly so that Benjamin doesn't have to go down to Egypt with my other sons so that we can just continue on with our lives normally without this horrible famine. He was probably praying this and maybe even upset or wondering why God was not answering these prayers about this famine. It was because God had a greater purpose. You know, everybody wants their lives to go back to normal, but there is a reason God does everything that he does. And I'm talking about the current situation right now in the world with the virus. You know, we, we've been praying for a whole year, God, you know, get rid of this virus for us, make everything go back to normal. But sometimes things don't go back to normal because there is a greater reason for all of us. There is a better reason. And this was a better reason. Eventually, Israel gets reunited with Joseph. And he ends up living in Egypt in a land of plenty. There's so much good that came out of this famine, as awful as it was. But there was so much good for Israel and for his family that came out of this famine. God sometimes does not answer prayers because there is something better for us, even though it doesn't look like it's better in the short term, in the long term, it will be better. So after this whole spiel that Judah does with Israel, Israel says to, to his sons, he's like, okay, if it must be so, then do this. And he tells his sons to take the choice fruits from the land, whatever we have left, also almonds and nuts and all these spices and myrrhs that we have, and a little bit of honey. He says a little bit of honey because there probably wasn't very much. And so he says, take all this stuff and also take twice the amount of money that you had before and the money that was found inside the bag of grain. Take all of that and give it to the man. And he says, then hopefully Simeon will be restored and also Benjamin will come back to me is what he says. And uh, I do find it interesting that um, <laughs> that uh, 
now Israel is thinking about Simeon for a little bit after who knows how long Simeon was in this prison. It could have been a whole year, six months. I don't know that that Simeon was stuck in that Egyptian prison, but maybe Joseph, I don't know, visited him from time to time. Who knows? But one way or the other, Joseph did not reveal to Simeon that he was Joseph. So however long it was, Joseph had a really good plan. He knew that his brothers had to come back. He knew that they would have to take Benjamin and that eventually he might be reunited for, with his father. So Joseph had a really interesting plan of all this. And it was, it was God-ordained, honestly. Joseph had the Holy Spirit inside of him. He had a lot of wisdom. He was able to interpret dreams. And he was able to have the know-how of how to bring his family back together again in the right way. Joseph is just a fascinating character to me, and we will finish out this chapter probably on Wednesday. So join me then at 6 a.m. and also join me tomorrow at 6 a.m. And we will be discussing more about the life of Jesus. And uh, like I said, we are definitely not um, uh, together with Easter. I wanted to talk about um the, the death and resurrection of Jesus nearing Easter, but we're not there yet. We will be there very soon. And so we still have a few more chapters in Matthew to talk about before we get to Jesus's death and resurrection. So join me on Tuesday and we will be discussing more about that. And also go to www.hellomornings.org because I have a guest blog post up on Hello Mornings this morning. And uh, I will drop a link to that in the bio of this podcast episode so that you can read that. It's about Easter. And so this is actually Easter Monday. I don't actually know if anybody celebrates Easter Monday. It, it, I know that it's a holiday somewhere, but I don't actually know what is done for Easter Monday. So if you celebrate Easter Monday, let me know because I'm actually just curious. <laughs> and uh, contact me on either Facebook or um, on my website, www.p40ministries.com slash contact. And let me know if you celebrate Easter Monday and what that is and what you do. So friends and faithful listeners, thank you so much for tuning in this morning and have a wonderful rest of your Monday. Happy listening and God bless.